1: Would deliver him and God would give to him that which he had promised. Do you know that? Are you confident in that, that God is going to do what he promised to do in you? Can you truthfully say that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete? You need to be able to say that with all your heart and believe it and have confidence that the Lord is doing a mighty work, regardless of what it looks like, regardless of the circumstances of your life, regardless of what hurricane is coming up, what earthquake happened, or what else fire is going on.
0: It's been said, obey God and leave the consequences up to Him. Today, Pastor Dave will be reminding you that obeying God many times will cause consequences because the world hates Jesus and therefore will also hate His servants. Your job is to obey God and allow Him to work out those consequences. Now here's Pastor Dave in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 23 as he begins his message, David Obeys, God Delivers.
1: First Samuel 23, First Samuel 23, we're going to do 15 verses this evening. Okay, so for 10 years now, David was considered an outlaw. For 10 years, the king sought to kill him. Yet in all those years, David fought the Lord's battles as he and his mighty men of valor subdued all of Israel's enemies. It was David that fought the Lord's battles, not the king. It was David that came to Israel's need. It was David that won the battles and the victories with his mighty men of valor. And all the time that David was doing this, he never once rebelled against the king, not even saying a disparaging word against him. He was forced to live in forsaken places like caves, like thickets and forests, in strongholds. And many times he was chased and had to flee for his life, ducking spears thrown by the king himself. And even though David was considered an outlaw, the Lord was always with him. The Lord was always with David. We need to remember these things, that the Lord is always with us. We think that when we're having a bad day, the Lord has somehow abandoned us. I'm having a bad day. The Lord must be angry at me. The Lord must walk away. No, stuff happens. Circumstances come into our lives. And happiness cannot be re- competed with joy. Happiness is an emotion where joy lasts forever. The joy of the Lord is our strength. And he is in us and working mightily. The Lord is always with us. David knew this. He knew it in his heart. He knew that God would deliver him And God would give to him that which he had promised. Do you know that? Are you confident in that? That God is going to do what he promised to do in you? Can you truthfully say that he who began a good work in me will be faithful to complete it? You need to be able to say that with all your heart and believe it. And have confidence that the Lord is doing a mighty work. Regardless of what it looks like. Regardless of the circumstances of your life. Regardless of what hurricane is coming up. What earthquake happened. Or what else fire is going on. You need to know that the Lord has a plan for your life, and he's right now working on that plan. And the biggest plan the Lord has for your your life is to make make you like Jesus Christ. He's preparing a bride. He's preparing a bride for Jesus Christ, and Christ will return. Mark it. Know it. Believe it. Trust in it. Christ will return. David knew that God would do what he said he would do. He never lost hope in God. He never lost hope in the Lord. And too often, we lose hope because of our circumstances. Flat tire. An ugly look at Wawa. Something happens in our life, and we lose hope immediately. We're so weak. We lose hope immediately. David never lost hope. David never lost hope. He had confidence that the Lord would work this plan. And as we said before, if God has a plan for your life, which I believe he has a plan for everybody's life, no thing or no one will thwart God's plan. No thing or no one will thwart the plan of God in your lives and keep it from coming to fruition. What was the plan for David's life? Well, he's going to be king of Israel. You've got to look way past that. You've got to look way past that. The plan for David's life included a messiah. A plan for David's life, including a Messiah. The one who would come through the lineage of David. The one who would be called the son of David. The one who would save the world from the bondage of sin. The one who would be called the son of God. And his name, Jesus of Nazareth. That was God's plan for David's life. So David and his merry men, I had to throw that in, were hiding in earth, the forest, the thicket. David and his men were hiding in the forest. So in verse 1 of chapter 23, they hear that a city is in trouble. Kyla, a city is in trouble. It's being looted by the Philistines. And they were stealing their harvest. Let's read verse 1. Then they told David, saying, look, the Philistines are fighting against Kyla, and they are robbing the threshing, the threshing floors. That's why they kept the harvest. They were stealing the harvest. It was harvest time, and they were coming in stealing the harvest. Notice who they brought this problem to. They brought it to David, yeah. They didn't go to King Saul. They went to David. Because why? Because Saul was not fulfilling his obligation as king. Saul was not doing what God had called him to do. It was Saul's job to protect Israel from all invaders. It was Saul's job to fight the Philistines. But Saul wasn't doing his job. He was so consumed with protecting that which it wasn't his anyhow, his crown. God had already taken his crown from him. But he was so consumed with protecting his crown, so consumed with protecting that which he already lost, that he didn't do his kingly job. So the Lord said, okay, I'll get David to do it. I love this about the Lord. This is really cool when you think about it because you know what? When we don't fulfill our role that the Lord has given us, the Lord will get somebody else to do it. The Lord will get somebody else to do the role that he called you to do that you don't do. And it can be as simple as prayer. Follow me on this. You're sitting in a circle for prayer and everybody's praying and the Lord puts it upon your heart. "Mm, You know what? I need to pray for this person. Mm, I don't know. Should I pray for him? Should I don't? And you choose not to. Somebody across the street the hallway, the chairs, prays for that person. You don't want to do it? The Lord will get somebody else to do it. I don't know about you, but it's happened to me before. The Lord tells me I should pray for somebody or something, and I don't. And all of a sudden, he uses somebody else to pray for him. And they get the blessing that you should have gotten because you chose not to follow the Lord. You chose to be disobedient. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. It's just like witnessing to people. It's just like witnessing people. Sometimes God calls us to witness to people, and we don't. And we don't do it. And we find out that somebody else gets to bless them when they witness to them. I had a dear friend of ours who made our wedding cake. He was the baker at Tech. He made our wedding cake, and he got sick with cancer. And he was a dear friend, and the Lord kept telling me to go see him, kept telling me to go see him, and things came up, and I didn't go and didn't go. Well, he passed away. And I was heart sick. I was heartbroken because I think, oh, Lord, what if I was supposed to deliver the gospel to him? What if I was supposed to be the one that, that showed him Jesus Christ? My heart was broken and sick. Oh, it was tears. I went to his funeral. Come to find out that he had gone to the Baptist church for years and years and years. And they were talking about how born again he was and how what a wonderful Christian he was. And I went, oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> so he was, the Lord was saying, hey, you won't do it? Fine. I'll get somebody to do it. Look at somebody else. You can't thwart the plan of God. You cannot thwart God's plan. It's as easy as that. When we don't fulfill the role that God has given to us, we miss out on some really good blessings. You miss out on some really wonderful things being used by God. And you can set yourself up for trouble. You can set yourself up for trouble. See, God loved his people, Israel, so much that he would actually let them suffer under an unfaithful king. Let me repeat that. God loved his children, Israel, that he would actually let them suffer under an unfaithful king. Think about it. God loves you so much that he will allow you to suffer under an unfaithful servant like Satan to prepare you to demonstrate to you his love, to let you know that you need a savior. And then he's going to point to a cross and say, there it is. God will allow that to happen. If Saul wasn't up to the task, God would raise up someone else. And he did, David. God directed David to act as a king, even when he wasn't a king at that time. But in God's eyes, David was a king. David was already a king. David was already king. And I got some notes written here. This is a great identifier for those who are called the ministry. A lot of people tell me they're called to ministry, and I go, praise God, and they don't do anything. What are they waiting for? Are they waiting to be called? Are they waiting for a title? Are they waiting for a name? Well, I'm called to be a pastor. Well, pastor. Teach God's word. Lead people to Christ. Christ. Well, I'm called. Well, how come you're not doing that? Well, nobody's called me. Well, what do you want, a name? Am I supposed to give you, ordain you? And then all of a sudden you're going, thus saith the Lord? No, you're doing it already. You should be doing those things already, then all of a sudden the church recognizes what you've been doing and raises you up. It's what you're doing all along. Most people wait for that title before they go to work, before they start working for the Lord. Well, let the Lord use you. But look what David does in verse 2. He immediately inquires the Lord. I love this. Therefore, because there was a problem. Remember, you've got to know what the therefore therefore is. Because there was a problem, David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Kyel- Kylah." I love this about David. He didn't say, I can fix this problem. I can do this. Come on, guys, we can do this. He didn't even say this. Me? No, Lord. It's not my job, man. It's Saul's job. It's not my job. It's Saul's job. No. He said, shall I go? He inquired of the Lord. I love this. From his Psalms we read that David knew from whence came his help. David knew that he was helpless without the Lord. He knew that to go against another army without the Lord's help and guidance was basically suicide. So many of us should know that. So, so many of us should know that if you're going to a battle against an enemy, whether it be whatever, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but if you're going against an enemy, should know that we need to inquire of the Lord, should know that the Lord has our back, we should know that we can do it, but we need that. We need that. This was David's first instant, seek the Lord. It was not an afterthought was not an afterthought how we should be like that seeking the lord for his guidance and not leaning on our own understanding and david immediately gets the word go get him sick him david go get him that was the lord's word you can do it go now by all outward appearance this was crazy first of all just like gideon and his 300 well david only had 400 David only had 400 guys, and I love what Guzik says about these guys. Listen to this. David said, David only had 400 men with thin resumes and bad credit reports. I love that. I I like that. I like that. Just the ones the Lord could use. Sounds like Calvary Chapel to me. Sounds like all the pastors from Calvary Chapel. That's what it is, you know. Bad resumes and bad credit reports. This was exactly not a regular army, but it's the kind of one thing, oh, wait, Lord, I can use you guys. I can use you. Come on, let's go. And secondly, what about the king? David had enough trouble with Saul, and he didn't need any more trouble with the Philistines. Fighting one enemy at a time is usually enough. And thirdly, this would make David wide open to the king's assault. David went against these guys. He would be wide open, and this is a dangerous course of action. But I think David did this for two reasons. I think David goes and follows the Lord for two reasons. First and foremost, and let this sink into your head, it was a command from God. It was a command from God. And secondly, there was a great need of the people. It was a command from God. And when we get a command from God, there has to be action afterwards. There has to be action afterwards. Jesus gave Nicodemus a command. You must be born again. That's a command from Jesus. The must is imperative. You must be born again, even to the point where he repeated it twice to Nicodemus. You must be born again. That requires an action on our part, confessing our sins. You can see the heart of David. David cared for his beloved nation, Israel. He cared so much for his beloved Israel. And you can see what a great shepherd it was. He was willing to endanger himself to obey the command of God and to meet the people. David was a true shepherd. A shepherd would die for his sheep. A shepherd would go out and place himself in between the wolf and the sheep and fight off the wolf to save the sheep. David was a great shepherd. He would come between wild animals and the sheep to protect them. David was a great shepherd. He cared for his flock. He cared for his flock. And he considered all of Israel his flock. So he did what the Lord said. But on the other hand, David's men said, Hold a second, David. Cool your jets for a minute, pal. Let's look at verse 3. But David's men said to him, Look, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Kilah against the armies of the Philistines? They were afraid. Hey, David, Saul's men are chasing us. They want to kill us at every angle. And now you want to go play hero. we got a problem here, pal. This is so like us. This is so like us when we get the command of the Lord. We get a command of the Lord to do such and such in our eyes immediately go to the physical. Our eyes immediately go to the physical. Look at the obstacles in front of me. Oh my gosh. Look at the obstacles. Lord's telling you to go to Israel. There's an obstacle $3,000. It's an obstacle. You don't think for one minute, if the Lord doesn't want to get you there, that that money will appear someplace? That you'll get the money to go? But we put obstacles in front of ourselves. We put obstacles in front of ourselves and we see those obstacles and they become great big giants. They become Goliaths. When well, we have the Lord's command go, go forth. Move your church from Washington Boulevard to a place that used to be a fire hall. But Lord, there are churches everywhere along the, the street. So, what? So, move there. Okay, Lord. That's where you wish. And it was of the Lord, too. I don't know if you know the story. It was of the Lord, because we were going to move into Breakwater Plaza. We had a contract to move into Breakwater Plaza. And the person who owned Breakwater Plaza dangled our contract in front of the dance studio so that the dance studio could go in there. The dance studio was there before the uh, thrift store, if you remember, Craig. We were supposed to go in that building, but the Lord had better plans. They backed out. They backed out of the deal. I said, should I get my lawyer? Well, here's your deposit back. They backed out. We weren't going to go anywhere. We decided we weren't going to move. And then someone came to me and said, we want to buy you a building. I said, what? (laughs) They said, we want to buy you a building. I said, praise God. I said, let's talk about it. And in in the meantime, Pastor Frank came to me and said, you know, there's a building for sale. He says, it's over on Seashore Road. It's the old Irma Fire Hall, and it's for sale. It's been for sale for a long time. So I said, I'll go look at it. You know, for the life of me, I drove up and down Seashore Road. I could never find it. <laughs> I could never find this place. I kept driving up and down the road, up and down the road, up and down the road. I never found the place. I never found the place. And I kept saying, say, Frank, I don't know where this place is. Oh, it's just right over there. Okay, great. I never found it. So a couple weeks go by. And these people come back and go, no, really, the Lord really put upon our heart that to, to buy a place, and we have the perfect place. I said, great, where? They said, the Old Irma Fire Hall. <laughs> well, the Lord doesn't need to take a sledgehammer to my head, okay? I am dense, I'm thick sometimes, but anyhow. To make a long story short, they wanted five hundred thousand dollars for this building. That was the original price. Well, it came down to three hundred thousand. That's where we started. We offered them some ridiculously low number, and they came back with a, with, a, with a rebuttal. And we went, "Hey, they're interested." Make a long story short, it settled for a buck ninety-nine, $1.99. one hundred ninety-nine thousand. Settled for one hundred ninety-nine thousand. If the Lord wants you someplace and you step out in faith, the Lord will do. A look at the place. It, it's all the Lord. It's all the Lord. We can't look at the external. We can't say no. Our our thoughts should always be, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, yes, Lord. That crazy song that gets you in your head and you can't get rid of it. That, yes, Lord, here I am, send me, yes, Lord. So what does David do after his men said about this? David says, okay, and he goes back and inquires the Lord again. He says, then David inquired of the Lord once again. And the Lord answered him and said, Arise, go down to Kila, for I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. The Lord adds a caveat. He adds a caveat to David. Before it was, go down to Kila." Now he says, go down to Kilah, and I will deliver the Philistines into your hand. David doesn't need much more of this. I don't think it was a lack of faith for David to go back and get confirmation from the Lord. David knew the hearts of his men. He knew they were afraid, and they were unprepared for battle, but David wanted to be assured of the victory, and he wanted to assure his men who trusted in him. These men would follow David anywhere. Remember, they left everything they had and came to him, even though they were indented, and they were discontented, and they were distressed. You remember the the descriptors. But God likes to confirm his word in us if we have eyes to see, and he wants to direct you, especially when something's hard to do and we're unusual, when he asks you something to do unusual. And if you're like me thick skull, you want the Lord, what am I supposed to do, Lord? And he tells you, and you go, okay, Lord, write it in the sky. (laughs) Then all of a sudden, an airplane comes over and goes, right in the sky, and it's up there, and I go, now make it red. We always up the ante. We always want the Lord to do more things. It's not a lack of faith for David to want the Lord to tell them, so he gives them the caveat, I will deliver them to you. I will, yeah, I love that. Isn't that great? I will deliver them into your hand. This is all David needed. This is all David needed. It's like giving him a shot of adrenaline. This is all he needed. He said, let's go. David and his men go to the city and did exactly what the Lord commanded them to do. And God gave him a great victory. Look at five. And David and his men went to Kila and fought with the Philistines, struck, struck them with a mighty bow and took away their livestock so David saved the inhabitants of Kila. All right, so David does this. David gets a double thing. He gets a double whammy. He does what the Lord wants to do. He does what the Lord tells him to do, and not only does he get the victory, but he gets spoils. He gets spoils. He gets all their livestock, and the guys are probably going, yeah, we're going to eat meat, guys. Yeah, we're going to eat meat. They're tired of eating grubs and whatever they ate in the the wilderness. So David gets these things. It's interesting. It really is interesting that when we get a victory... When we obey God, a victory comes. When we obey God, a victory comes. And God has called us to do some difficult things sometimes. When we rely on God's promises, when we step out in faith, we have victory over the enemy. The problem is, too many of us won't step out in faith. Won't step out in faith. David did exactly what God told him to do. Simple. You see... It isn't enough for us to ask and know God's will. Listen to me. It's not enough for us to ask and know God's will. After you know it, there's an action. You've got to obey it. After you know God's will, you've got to obey it. You must make a commitment to obey God's will. When I was called to come from Cape May Tech down to Wildwood to teach shop, When I was called to go from Cape May Tech down to Wildwood to teach shop, I was doing well at Cape May Tech. I was doing well monetarily. I went for my interview at Wildwood, and they offered me the job on the spot. Offered me the job on the spot. One problem. It was $20,000 less than I was making at Tech. B and I prayed about it. We prayed about it and prayed about it and prayed about it. And I went to Wildwood. I went to Wildwood High School. Best move I ever made.
0: Although our time is coming to a close for the day, you don't have to stop studying God's Word. Feel free to read ahead in the book of First Samuel and find more teachings from this series online at AssureHoperadio.com. All of Pastor Dave's messages are available to download for free. You can even subscribe to our podcast on iTunes to have updated messages sent right to your computer or phone. Find links at our website. Again, that's AssureHoperadio.com. Well, we'd like to invite you to join us in person for church at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Right now, we're following the Lord's guidance and remaining closed. However, we are still holding services online. Join us on Sunday mornings at 10 on Facebook and YouTube. Just follow the links you'll find at assurehoperadio.com. We're also streaming our Wednesday service at 7 p.m., along with Bible study and devotionals each week. It's important to stay connected to church community during this time, so we hope you'll join us. Is there anything we could be praying about for you? Please let us know. Call us at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. Would you pray for us too? Please keep Pastor Dave and all of us at Calvary Chapel Cape May in your prayers, that we'll be wise in our decisions, and that we'll stay in tune with the desires of Christ. Thanks for praying. Thanks for tuning in today. Join us next time to continue learning from the book of 1 Samuel, right here on A Sure Hope.